Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. And I am so grateful to be talking to you right here, right now. I actually just recorded a whole half of an episode of this podcast, but in this kind of weird energy, I don't know, sometimes I do that. It's very rare. <laughs> like every six months or so, I sit down to record and then I end up going down a track where like, oh, but that's not really what I wanted to say today. And when that happens, I can kind of sense just that the conversation or the the sharing for me, it's a little bit more, it's a little harder than normal. So what I do then is I just turn everything off. I start from scratch and then I sit down in, in total silence and, and I try to tap into, well, hey, what's really going on inside of myself? What's really, really going on? So I'm going to do that with you guys right now. I'm feeling a vulnerable podcast coming, but I'm also really happy. I'm really, ah, I woke up this morning feeling super joyful. The sun is shining. Of course, I'm in Costa Rica right now. The sun shines every day, <laughs> but I'm in this beautiful space. I look outside of, the, I mean, I'm on the floor of this bedroom of this house that we're renting right now. And I look out the window. Everything is green. I see these unbelievable orange and blue and pink flowers. And I see the mountain range in the background and the ocean right in front of me. It's just, it's a really beautiful day. And I just said goodbye to the baby. The baby went down. There's this really cute cafe in Dominical where we go every morning to have breakfast. Or Dennis loves to get his coffee there. So they went down. And whenever I say bye to her and she's actually happy about leaving, like normally she's like, mommy, come, come, you know. And she's just so hilarious. I'm like, say bye to mommy. And then she says, Bye-bye, Rachel. <laughs> Instead of mama or mommy, she started calling me Rachel these days, which is really hilarious in so many ways. She's also calling Dennis Dennis instead of Papa. <laughs> he hates it. Like, he really doesn't like it. He's like, I'm not Dennis. I'm Papa. I'm your dad. And she's like, come here, Dennis. Let's go. <laughs> so anyway, she just left. And it's just always like leaves me on this high energy just, just being with her. So then I sat down to record the podcast and I started sharing from that sense. But there's also lots of stuff happening inside of me right now that isn't all high, isn't, isn't all... You know, if I spend enough time with the baby, everything is just beautiful. And sometimes I need to just sit with myself to deal with things that are a little bit more struggling or a little bit more challenging as well. So here we are. <laughs> How about we all take a really deep breath all together? So in through the nose, full, full, full inhale. Hold at the top for a second. Open the mouth and exhale. Start to bring some, some awareness in toward your body. So if you have the ability right now to sit down and close your eyes, then do that. If you can't close your eyes right now, then just start to tap into the breath and feel what's moving inside of you in this moment right here, right now. For me, it helps to just place a hand or both hands right on top of my heart centers, right on top of my chest. It just increases that connection between our, our thinking mind and our feeling heart. So if you can... Just maybe ask yourself this super simple question, a little check-in, a little weather report, if you will. How am I feeling in this moment? How am I feeling in this moment? How are you feeling in this moment? And whatever is moving here, right beneath the palm of your hands or right around the center of the heart, whatever is there, let it be. Take up a little more space for that. It's easy to get caught up in our day-to-day -day of all the energy that moves around us, you know, all the things we have to do and also other people's energy. 
I have that sometimes with the baby, <laughs> literally. It's easy for me to, I don't want to say avoid a heavy emotion, but it's easy for me to stay in this level of total ecstasy with her all the time because she's just so joyful. And sometimes I need a moment to myself to really just sit and also allow for other feelings to be there. You know, it's really hard for me to to make space for sadness or pain or struggle or, or guilt or anything inside of me when I'm with this little bundle of joy all the time. But all emotions are equal. Yeah, they're equally valid, equally valid and worthwhile of our space and attention. So it's not that joy is this positive emotion and, and sadness is a negative one. I don't, I don't think so. I think there's something really beautiful about sadness too. So when I tap into myself in this moment, I'm feeling this array of emotions. So much has happened over the past, <laughs> over the past month, over the past couple of days. And I'm just feeling a whole lot and the need to, to tap into that and go a little bit deeper and share in a moment. But just for right now, if you can let yourself be present with whatever is moving inside of you. So if you're feeling joyful and ecstatic and happy and excited, then make space for that. Enjoy that. And if you're feeling sad or low or heavy or angry or anything else, then allow that, make space for that too. All is welcome here. And maybe invite a little bit more breath. So just the next inhale, if you can pull that all the way down toward the bottom of the belly, feel your whole body just filling with more space. And then through the nose, gently exhale. All right. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I love the little groundings at the beginning of podcasts. <laughs> Sometimes if I'm having a really hectic day, it's like aside from my time on my mat, it's the only only grounding I have in a whole day. <laughs> so, so much is moving. We are in Costa Rica right now we've been here for almost an entire month the last three podcasts I've recorded have been here and Costa Rica it's been a wild ride I I man I don't know what else to say um, if you've been following along a little bit through social media I'm sure you've seen and people have been sharing with me so much you know oh my god you look so like amazing in Costa Rica you feel so much like yourself or you're just shining over there why don't you move there this feels really like you're meant to be there and I really feel the same way man I really I really really do there's something about this place similar to when I was 18 years old I left Sweden and I moved here and I just you know opened my eyes to a whole new side of myself a whole new way of living Costa Rica really cracked my heart open in, in so many ways and I feel that same way every time I come back here I really really do and this is a second home, totally is a second home for me. It's like, you know, Aruba's number one and then Costa Rica and Sweden is, is, is all the way down on number three. I feel much more at home in Costa Rica than I do in Sweden. We have friends here that are, you know, lifelong friends, friends that are family, friends that, you know, we don't have to talk to every single day, but the moment we connect, it's just, yeah, it's like coming home. It's family. It's, it's, it's amazing. And the community of, of people that we have here, it's just, it's just so special and, and I really feel like when I'm here, I'm able to really channel this version of myself where I'm just so at peace with who I am. It's really, it's really hard to explain. Um, and we talk about, we talk about not moving here. I wouldn't want to live here permanently. I love Aruba. I love our home. 
but we definitely talk about the dream of one day buying a property here and building a little house here. I mean, oh, the dream would be to have a, a little like wooden house somewhere close to a river where you can hike to a waterfall and oh, just, oh, it would be so, 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 so amazing. I'm gonna make, I've, I've made several notes of that for future plans and future dreams. But full-time living here, I don't, I don't think so. For me, this is, this is a place where I come to, you know, to unplug, unwind, And I think what, what actually makes that harder for me in Aruba is the fact that I have my whole entire life there, right? So we have our businesses and responsibilities and the studio and employees. And of course, it's, it's, it's easier to get away when we actually get away, right? It's easy, easier to unplug and, and disconnect from those things. And I think living here full-time is, is not in the books for us right now, at least. I mean, Aruba is our home. But I would love to visit more often. I definitely, definitely would. Um, we were here for Envision Festival. We had a retreat leading up to Envision Festival that was really beautiful. A huge, <laughs> huge challenge for me or a huge practice for me in letting go of control. Absolutely. The last two years, last two whole years, all of our retreats, I mean, 100% of our retreats are at Island Yoga in Aruba, our home studio. And I know everything there. <laughs> you know, it's my home. I built the studio. It's our team. We do it a lot. So, you know, we, there's very little space for the unknown because I'm, I'm so at home there. We know how everything goes. Uh, so doing a retreat, not just in another country, it's been a while since, we, since we've done that, but a retreat where we kind of surrender, surrender some of that control to another entity, in this case, Envision Festival. They were hosting the retreat. So they were in charge of things like transportation and lodging and food. And normally we stay in charge of that. So it's really, really, really important for me. I mean, unbelievably important for me that our retreat participants have an amazing experience. And I am a total perfectionist. I am very nitpicky. I'm very specific about what we need. I'm probably challenging for a third party to work with because I have really high standards and really high expectations for what we offer our people. So, you know, normally the fact that I can stay in charge of that makes it really easy. So leaves very little room for error. We don't, I mean, there's, we never almost have any, we never have really any neg negative feedback from our retreats, but in Aruba, but going elsewhere, you know, especially here, not just being in Costa Rica where things are a little bit wilder and it's jungle and it's really hot and, you know, can't drink the water in the tap here and things like that. There's other unknowns, but also having a retreat at a festival, so on festival grounds, totally, totally different type of experience. And I was nervous about that. I really was. I was, I, you know, we didn't know what to expect. It's the first time that also the festival is doing anything of that size in that way. And, and I was, no, I wasn't skeptical. I was just a little nervous, like, whoa, how is this all going to go? And it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. It was so different from any other retreats that we do. I mean, really, totally different experience. Kind of like camping style, but not intense. So they had little casitas built for us on the grounds with, you know, proper mattresses and proper sheets and pillows and, uh, and fans. And there's electricity and, you know, all that stuff. So it's not really, it's more like glamping than camping, I think. But it's a, still a really big stretch from the really nice, you know, air-conditioned hotels that we normally normally stay at for for our retreats, and everything was just so beautiful. I mean, it's 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 it was really nice to kind of take the backseat role a bit and just trust that hey, other people have this, other people are going to do a really great job, and they're super excited to have us here, and they're going to host us and do great, and everything really was great. Minor little hiccups here and there that we're going to fix for next year. I'm really hoping we'll do another retreat next year if you want to join us, but. It was just such a beautiful experience to be back here and to hold the space for a group 
in Costa Rica. It's been a really long time since I did that. We haven't been here since before having the baby. My last Envision Festival was 2016. So a couple of months before I got, I got pregnant, it's been, it's been a long time. And I'm realizing in myself that kind of need for control all the time. <laughs> I mean, and I have that because I really care. I mean, I really, really care. If anybody ever would give any type of negative feedback around our retreats, we are on that. You know, we, had fe- we have feedback forms for everything. Any negative feedback we get, we sit with that and we figure out, okay, hey, something wasn't good. Like the shuttle was, it was confusing to find the shuttle at the airport for some reason. Okay, well, how, how do we fix that next time? Do we bring more people to the airport to greet them? Can we have better signage? Can we like have better communication for our people before they arrive? You know, and we fix that problem so that the next group we have, we never have that feedback again. And I think that's what makes our retreats also really special is we want people to feel 100% held every single step of the way so that from the moment that you... From the moment that you step off the plane, you can really lean back and trust that you're 100% taken care of. You don't have to worry about stuff. You don't have to feel nervous about anything, but you can totally relax and just enjoy the experience of opening up your own heart, which is the point of, of all of our retreats. Speaking of, we have a couple of spots left open for a retreat that we have at the end of this month, so end of March. We actually have two coming up. We have a writing retreat at the end of March. Uh, Me and my good friend Stephanie Birch, if you don't follow her on Instagram, you totally should. Steffi now on Instagram, she's amazing. We've named the retreat Authentically You because it's all about, you know, shedding the layers of the things, kind of the, the personality traits and the things that we've picked up along the way that aren't really true to who we are at our core. Right? All those ideas we have our, about ourselves, about who we think we have to be or who society wants us to be or who our parents wants us to be or that pressure we feel to look a certain way or to conform or to change to kind of accommodate everybody else. It's all about using yoga, meditation, really beautiful holistic therapy tools and writing as a way to open that place inside of yourself where you can just authentically shine from that place of who you really, 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 really are. So no fucks given, right? (laughs) Whatever that means, just finding that true you without having to ever apologize for who you are. I'm really excited, so excited about this retreat. So it's uh, just a week full of of yoga and and transformation. If you want to join, the last couple of spots are open to join us in Aruba. And then in April, we have a very, very different experience different, even more radically different than than what we just offered here in Costa Rica. It's called Healing the Heart. And it's a retreat fully centered around heart healing. So anyone who's been through, you know, any kind of trauma or heartache or pain or struggle or sitting with any old wounds or any pain that needs healing, but maybe haven't encounter that those tools or those opportunities in your day-to-day life. I'm bringing in my really good friend and teacher, Shuba, my, this was my own personal teacher from Path of Love for a week of really intense, intense heart healing work. So it's not your traditional kind of yoga retreat where we do yoga twice a day and some excursions and beach time and all of that. We have a little tiny bit of that, but it's pretty full days dedicated to really going deep into that place of our hearts where, where things hurt. So we have a, a beautiful group gathered and it's, it's this, you know, you don't have, to ha- don't have to have had a major trauma to join. It's everything from anything from heavy things to lighter things, anything we're walking around with that just feels unfinished. Yeah. Anything where our heart is kind of, kind of aching a little bit. So I'm really excited for that. And it's also a step into the unknown for me because it's a very different type of type of, of retreat week. But if you or anyone you know could use a bit of heart healing for any reason, I super recommend it. I think we have our final four spots or something left. Um, and that's the end of April. 
probably didn't mean to share <laughs> a bunch of that just now. But yeah, if you want to join March and April, we have those two retreats coming. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. I love lounging in the sun. I've been doing a lot of that in Costa Rica. I love to read in the sun, but sometimes it's hard to do with a kid running around demanding your attention all the time. I've discovered a great new way to lounge and take in a book and be with your kids at the same time with Audible. Audible is a leading provider of premium audio information and entertainment on the internet. With its unmatched selection of audiobooks and other products that can be accessed everywhere on your iPhone, Android, Fire Tablet, iPod, or other MP3 player, the world is at your fingertips. Listen on any device, anytime, anywhere, at home, on the gym, on your commute, or just on the go. Sign up as an Audible listener and you will have access to all of this and much more for a low monthly fee. And now with Audible Originals, the selection has gotten even more custom with content made especially for you. On top of that, Audible gives you book credits to those three titles each month. One audiobook and two Audible originals for free along with exclusive sales and 30% off of all regularly priced audiobooks. You'll also enjoy easy audiobook exchanges. If you didn't like it, swap it and roll over credits so you don't miss any free content. And you get an audiobook library you'll keep forever. It's so much better than a streaming or rental service. With Audible, you own your books even if you cancel your subscription. My favorite feature though is the speed control. You can listen faster or slower depending on the speed that suits you. With a fast-paced life, this is the best way for me to get all the books in that I love. I keep coming back again and again to The Women Who Run With Wolves. It's the book that gets me fired up and passionate even when I'm by the pool. Audible, the most inspiring minds, the most compelling stories, the best place to listen. Get started with a 30-day trial when you go to audible.com slash yogagirl or text yogagirl to 500-500 and listen for a change. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash yogagirl or text yogagirl to 500-500, audible.com slash yogagirl. The world is changing now more than ever. We all need more than one source of income, but not everyone wants to quit their jobs and become a startup founder. That's what Side Hustle School is all about. It's a short daily podcast, seven days a week, that tells stories of ordinary people making extra money without quitting their jobs. The host, Chris Gillabo, also has an intriguing new book out there this month called The Money Tree. It's an engaging story of how you have the power to create your own financial destiny, something that's especially important in this time of uncertainty. Get your copy of The Money Tree today from any bookstore or online retailer. Learn more at moneytreebook.com and listen to Side Hustle School wherever you get your podcasts. But anyway, so we closed the retreat that we had here at Envision and we had a really beautiful cacao ceremony and a kirtan and, and just music and chanting. It was so nice. And then we had the transition leading into Envision Festival. And Envision Festival <laughs> obviously is very, very, very wild and totally insane. It's basically a gathering of 8,000 people in the jungle by the beach, um, listening to epic music. You know, stages are built of bamboo. Every, you know, there's art everywhere. Really amazing yoga schedule, healers. I mean, red tent. There's just, there's just so much. It's just never ending. And for me, Envision, this is my, I think, sixth or seventh year at Envision I've, I've I've gone so many times and I Envision is always going to be extra special to me because Envision Festival was the last thing I did with my best friend or one of my best friends Andrea before she passed away in 2014 so we were here and had a whole like a whole eight or nine days like just enjoying <laughs> this space of, of of being together and the festival and dancing and, you know, exploring all of, it was just the best 
like if I look back at one of the you know best weeks of my life like that that's that's fully it and the next week she died so envision for me every year I've come back after that I mean the year immediately following was just the hardest one of the hardest things ever and the year following that I went with Olivia with with my best friend from Sweden and it was still challenging you know only two years had passed which felt like a long time then and I look back now and it was like that was like no time at all still hard but but a I felt a little more spacious. And then I had a two-year break because the next year I was really pregnant, about to give birth. And then last year the baby was one and I felt like I wasn't really ready to come. And then this year, being here with her, I mean, she's two, it's been amazing. I can't, I don't know how to explain it. It's been, with her, it's kind of like all the areas of my life that Leah Luna touches where there's pain or heaviness or darkness or death or yeah it's like she sweeps over those areas of my life with her little like fairy hands and just heals it I, I don't know how to explain it it's there's there's parts of Envision Festival that always have felt really heavy or you know parts of the grounds where just me and Andrea used to spend a lot of time or we where we had like a you know particularly crazy experience of some sort where it's hard for me to even go there because the memories of that are just so intense I don't know if, if you're getting what I mean but if you've ever lost someone I mean so many of us have lost have lost so many but if you ever have any experience you had with that person before they died that was really really special it can be really hard to relive that or hard to go back to that place or hard to to touch on those memories in a sense and specifically here or at that festival there's just so much of that for me so every time I've been there after she died, it's been almost like I'm navigating that space, trying to not get too close to all the really painful things, you know, because they're also the most beautiful, but they're also the most painful at the same time. So I'm kind of navigating the space as like, yeah, there's things I can't look at. It's just, it's just too hard. Like there's things I can't talk about. It's just too hard. And it's been five years now. <sighs> I mean, I say that and I could cry. It's been five years. It feels like it's been five minutes. If you've lost someone really, really close to you, I mean, she was she was my best friend, but, you know, there's people out there who've lost parents and children, and, you know, there's death is all around and unavoidable. But if you ever have lost, lost a loved one, there's that expectation that comes with time, right? The more time that passes, the the easier it becomes, and time heals all, all wounds and, and all of that jazz, and I just think that's bullshit. <laughs> I think time puts more space between us and what happened. So that kind of instant, raw memory of the experience of the loss itself, we just have a little more space between that and us, which makes it easier to live with. Yeah. But does it heal all wounds? No. <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to ever really heal. I was telling someone at our retreat who was just who had lost someone who was sharing that and, you know, saying, and I felt like I had healed from this and this and this. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't think we ever heal. I don't think we're, I think we, I think we heal maybe 90%, you know, with time, with all that stuff, with work, with sitting with our feelings, with, with really, you know, and it just doesn't just happen automatically. We have to, we have to touch on that pain from time to time and go back to that place from time to time if we close the door on the pain and never look at it 
yeah, it's going to take a really long time or ever. But I think maybe we heal, you know, 90% and then we're supposed to have that 10% space open all the time. Like that's the raw portion of our heart that speaks to them. Right? So that idea of, of being healed, it's just, it doesn't exist. It's not real. It's not this linear destined thing where we arrive at a destination and healed, fixed, all done, moving on. You know, it's just, it's this lifelong process of learning how to live without that person that you love so much. And for me with, with, with Andrea, she's, I think I had the first couple of years, I just ran really fast, really hard the other direction. Also because I don't, live in Costa Rica. Um, I mean, I'm not here all the time, not seeing her family all the time or her boyfriend or her sister or her other friends. And so I've literally been on my own little island just dealing with things myself and, and, and did the best I could with what I had. Right. So tapping into that pain and feeling it and letting myself be sad when that came. And I would write a lot and I would share a lot about it too, which was super helpful for that space of healing. But I don't know how, <laughs> it's not like, you know, can you do well with a death? Yes or no. We all deal with grief in different ways. There's no right or wrong. But I think those first years after, I just, I got really, really busy. It was my, it was my first instinct to just, okay, I have to do something. I have to, you know, so I worked and I traveled and I went and it was like, go, 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 go. And then I had the baby, you know, got, got pregnant 2016 that was two years after she died and found out that my due date was going to be probably you know on her the day of her death 2017 and I think that transition from death to life somehow and it's so funny because I was sharing this I had coffee with uh, with another of, of her best friends yesterday and just sharing the story that I totally I haven't thought about it in so long but I was so sure that Leah Luna was going to be born on March 10th like a thousand percent and my due date was February 27th, I think. So really, you know, a lot earlier than that. And the midwives, and I said, okay, I know she's going to be born on March 10th. I just know, I just knew I had this, like, it was in my gut. I just absolutely thousand percent knew, like, I know it. That's it. That's it. That's the point is for that day to be turned from total darkness to total light. And there's definitely this, like, I could feel, I could hear them talking to each other. You know, I would talk to Leah Luna in my belly like I would just hold my hands like we called her poppy our little poppy seed and I would talk to her and talking to her felt like communicating with Andrea and not that 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 it was Andrea but that she's talking to her I don't know if I'm making any sense but and I still have that sense you know really early before she was speaking really well she would like turn to the photos that I have of Andrea in the house and she would say tia Andrea Andrea and tia <laughs> it's like the Spanish word for auntie no one says that I mean I she doesn't have any other person like in her life that we call Tia at all. So I just, I, I don't know, like little, little things like that. But anyway, so I would just hold my hands on my belly and I would talk to her. And then the midwife said, you know, there's absolutely no way that this baby is going to be born on March 10th. No way. Your due date is the February 27th. So the baby's going to be born probably a little, you know, right around then. And we can't let you go that overdue. So if you would be 11 days overdue, we would have to induce you anyway prior to that. And you won't be able to have this baby at home. And they were really strict about that. So, and I just knew, I said, okay, stop like, totally up to you. If you don't want to support me with this birth, he's going to be born March 10th. It's going to happen at home and I'll do it alone. And that's kind of the stubbornness of me. And then I managed to find one midwife who was open to letting me 
letting me have that home birth at home, even if I went up to, I think her limit was like 10 days overdue or two. I can't remember exactly. But she was like, you know, when this baby will come, when the baby wants to come, you can't just pick a date for the baby. And I'm like, I didn't pick the date. Like universe picked that date for me. And they all thought I was crazy. And then anyway, and then time passed. And then of course, when I was like week 38, I was ready to have the baby out. <laughs> I was getting so heavy, so uncomfortable. And I'm like, you know what? Does it, it doesn't have to be March 10th anymore. Actually, probably it's not March 10th. Probably it's going to be right now. Probably the baby's going to come any moment. You know, the baby will come when the baby wants to come. And I started feeling this urgency to get her out because I was so miserable. And then, but that kind of in the back of my head, I knew like March 10th is coming. March 10th is coming. Her, you know, Andrea's death day is coming. It's coming. It's coming. And every day leading up to that, I was kind of preparing myself for that day. And then on March 10th, you know, I remember like waking up in the morning, like sitting with my hands on my belly, like, okay, here we go. Come on. <laughs> Let's do it. Like, come on out. Like, it's the day. And of course, there was nothing. Like, I remember like trying to talk to the baby and I didn't feel anything back. You know, that connection of like, hey, you know, like I, I could always feel that almost like a dialogue of like, I'm not ready yet or that instinctual conversations that we have with our baby babies before they're born but I could just sense this kind of radio silence like nope so I brought over my acupuncturist I had this acupuncturist that I was um, seeing every week for the whole pregnancy this beautiful lady oh her name is Romina she uh, yes beautiful beautiful woman who lives in Aruba who came every week to see me or who I saw every week and she came to the house and I was like I need help to get this baby out now the baby's supposed to come today and she was like, oh, she's supposed to come. I'm like, yes, today is the day, but I don't feel anything. I don't hear anything, but I'm ready. She needs to come now, now, now. But that whole entire day, I had this feeling kind of in the back of my throat of, you know, I wasn't thinking about Andrea the way I normally would on the day of her death. Like that day for me, is a, it's a really it's a really intense day. And I, and I sit by her altar and I, you know, I have little ceremonies that I do and I, and I talk to her. You know, I think anniversaries like that are, are really can be little portals, a little gateways to, to, to talk to them. And I normally that day is dedicated to her. But then from the moment I woke up that morning, I wasn't thinking about her at all. I wasn't talking to her at all. I was just like really intent on getting the baby out, just trying to talk to the baby, nothing else. And then I'm telling telling the, the, the acupuncturist, just, you know, baby needs to come out today. Today's the day. Like, you know, whatever you need to do with the needles, like, let's go. And she starts and she's giving me acupuncture and, and she's giving me uh, cupping also, like really intense cupping, doing things to get started. And I'm like lying on my side as she's going and all I, and all I can feel is I can feel this like huge resistance. Like I could just feel it was almost like, like I could sense Looney like in there with her legs up against the uterine wall. Like, no, you know, it just wasn't going to happen. And all of a sudden the acupuncturist, she just stops and she's like, what happened on this day? And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, what happened on this day? Something happened on this day. Today is not the baby's day. What happened on this day? And I just shared this one, like whatever one sentence I could get out. I was like, well, my, my friend died. And then I started bawling, you know, and I started crying and it, and it wasn't this, this, you know, tears about the baby or the baby coming. It was just this pain of, of missing my best friend, you know, and anyway, and this <clears throat> acupuncturist, she, she just stopped everything she was doing. And she was like, today is not the baby's day. So clear. And she was like, this is your friend's day. This is a day of, of passing. This is a day that that's, you know, around loss. And it's a day around death. The baby needs her own day. And this is a day you grieve. So do that today. 
and I'm yeah crying right now because it was such an intense it was such an intense moment for me like really a hundred percent realizing I was trying to rush into this place of birth and life and light and come on and like replace the pain you know with something else replace the darkness with light replace the death with birth replace it like move away from it escape it escape it escape it and it would have been you know that side in me that that's that has a really hard time sitting with all that pain <sighs> was trying to just yeah to make that switch to just go from from dark to light and forever we have this day be a happy day now <laughs> which of course isn't how it works and and i feel now like me wanting to take that day away also is also just wasn't right you know me trying to replace that pain also wasn't right because i mean it's it's andrea's day and it's this day where everyone who knew her and loved her kind of sit together even though we're afar and we feel her you know and we really miss her and we channel her and we talk to her i mean i i do that every day but that day particularly it's like her portal into the next life or into the next space or or whatever comes next anyway that's what i did like i spent the day mourning instead of giving birth and then something inside of me just kind of surrendered i don't know like all the all the tears that came like through that through that you know it was kind of like the acupuncturist was able to like open that gateway of just the pain right that needed to be felt and she said too she was like all the pain it's in your heart she says the baby sits right under that she feels all of that and she doesn't want to cause you more pain and this day is a pain is a day to mourn it's not a day to birth so feel all of that release this pain like open it up soften into it and let the baby have her own day like she needs her own day of birth you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl we are headed home after a whole month in Costa Rica. I love traveling, but there's nothing like your own bed and your own kitchen. I am so excited to get back to our regular routine, which means making pancake for breakfast almost every day. I have an amazing vegan pancake recipe that involves all sorts of yummy things. I like topping my pancakes with blueberries, cacao nibs, papaya, chia seeds, and more. But the secret ingredient I use for my perfectly fluffy and super healthy pancakes is garbanzo bean flour from Bob's Red Mill. Luna helps me throw in all the other ingredients like baking powder, vanilla, vanilla and almond milk and ta-da it's breakfast Dennis Luna and I can sit down to enjoy all together and it's so nourishing for the body what you put in your body is so important which is why I'm thankful that companies like Bob's Red Mill produce quality products that I can stand behind this employee-owned company has been offering nothing but the highest quality and minimally processed foods for decades straight from their stone mill in Oregon to your table you can trust their products are organic gluten-free paleo vegan and stone ground and they're processed in a hundred percent gluten-free facility to ensure no cross-contamination. You can feel safe and confident with what you're eating. If you're anything like me, you'll stock up on Bob's Red Mill products from oats to flowers and meals for a healthy family and happy heart. Pancakes, here we come. If you want to learn more about this awesome brand my entire family loves and lives by, check out their products and recipes at bobsredmill.com. That's bobsredmill.com. And I'm thinking about that now as this day is coming up. I mean, I'm recording this right now. It's March 6th. If you're listening to this on a Friday when the podcast comes out, it's March 8th, which means we'll be two days away from her death day. And two days after that day, the full moon came and my labor started. And then the next day the baby was born. So she was born March 13th. 
And I'm so grateful for that right now. Oh my God, I'm so, 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 so grateful for that. Dennis was saying yesterday, he's like, can you imagine if, if, if we had to share like Lea Luna's birthday with Andrea's death day, how horrible that would be? How like, oh, how heavy that would be? How hard it would be to have that day? Because it's always going to be a day of pain. Like, it's always going to be a day of, of, of pain of some sort. Always going to be to have to kind of share that, of celebration with something so heavy and you know and it was kind of like intertwining these two things that are just so so connected but also not so yeah I'm just like obviously she has her own day right obviously she has her own day and born on a full moon and 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 my little moon but I can sense that now even you know I can kind of I can use her as an escape, right? Whenever whenever there's something that's really heavy or making me really sad, all I need is five minutes with her. And I'm like, yay, I'm on top of the world again. Like she's just a little like little ball of sunshine. It's crazy. And all of these days like leading up because now I'm in Costa Rica and the anniversary of Andrea's death is coming up. And I just found out, and this is also, yeah, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I don't know where it's going to lead 100%, but it's the five-year anniversary now coming up on Sunday and her mom has decided to bury the ashes now. It's been five years and the fact that I'm here is crazy. I was supposed to fly home on Friday, but now I've changed my ticket and I'm going to I'm going to stay and I didn't get to be there the first time around because I was in the hospital, so I couldn't be there for the first ceremony right after it happened but now all of a sudden it's five years and here I am and and I've just been just the fact that that's happening and it's kind of spontaneous and you know this decision of course comes from her her family and and all of that and I just the immediate feeling I had was like no 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 you know and I was like telling Dennis oh no but you know we've been gone for so long and actually my mom comes in on Saturday and all these logistical reasons and, and, you know, changing the flight is, is expensive. And, and I just like, and he just let me talk. Like he just let me ramble like, and then this, and then this, and, da, 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 and then you have to fly with the baby without me and all this stuff. And then when I was like done talking, he was like, okay. He's like, are you ready to change your flight? <laughs> like there's no option. There's, there's no option in the whole world that I wouldn't be here. You know, it's just, again another moment of really intense pain that I that I don't want to feel right and I know that all of those all of those challenging moments bring about the most healing and bring about the most closure and bring about the most love as well you know and I know it's going to be a day of of celebrating her and you know not a day of just this this dark thing that I that I have in my head but I think maybe because because I missed it the first time around right after it happened the cremation and and everything because I was in the hospital it was like I never I never had that closure in a sense and now it's coming and I'm kind of terrified <laughs> so that's me <laughs> um it feels good to talk about her I gotta say and I mean here everywhere I go I meet people who knew her who know her who miss her who you know and it's awesome it's so good it's so good. Like every person I ever meet, ever meet that that knew her or even that just met her for a second, it's like, it's like, oh, we have this bond, you know. 
we knew who she was. We knew the, yeah, the bundle of light that she was. Only person I've ever known who just, you know, shines as brightly as her. I mean, I've ever had in my life. But that kind of just, I don't know, it's, she had this kind of uncontainable joy. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, she was always, always laughing, always giggling, always like, moving her body in total crazy ways, just like kind of how Lea Luna does. It's this like uncontainable joy. Like you can't just, it's really hard to be be with her and not feel that all the time. And it's kind of, it's nice to meet people who, who knew what that was like, you know. Again, I kind of find myself on this, on this, on this journey. Sometimes I wonder like, if I would write a book about my whole life and then look back, would I believe it all? <laughs> you know, if I become a hundred years old and I look back at my whole life and all the, all the intensity of it, Jesus, life is so intense. Life is so intense. And I don't know if it's because I spend a lot of time feeling things and sharing things and talking about things the way I am now and and focusing on that side of healing and, and sharing it with the world. But I feel man life is intense (laughs) and really really beautiful you know I could have been in Aruba finding out that there's going to be a burial of my best friend who died five years ago and maybe I wouldn't even have been able to be there you know and now strangely here I am (laughs) everything feels really purposeful and I don't know, and, and people ask me all the time, you know, about dealing with grief and dealing with death and what you're listening to, like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Like, I have absolutely no expert in any of this in any other sense than, I've, that I, than that I have lost a lot of people in my life. But this process that I'm just sharing right now, the process of not wanting to look at shit because it hurts too much and then looking at it anyway, you know, not wanting to feel things because it's too painful and then feeling them anyway and not wanting to cry because it's hard and then crying anyway and then also the process of of all the all the joy right all the beauty that surrounds that like all the connections made around that loss all the the deepening of all the bond with everybody else that's left behind and all the (laughs) all the remembering of all the beauty that was there I mean it's just all of this kind of mixed into this really messy pot and there's no other way than forward right no other way than no other way than to move forward that's just what it is you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl I spent the past couple of weeks here in Costa Rica fully embracing the wild woman inside of me. But now I'm going back to work and back to reality and I'm putting on a bra for the first time in forever. I hardly noticed a difference though because my bra was from Third Love. Third Love has created the most revolutionary comfy bras imaginable. Using millions of real women's measurements, they took breast size and breast shape in mind for impeccable fit and incredible feel. They offer double the number of sizes that most brands offer, an incredible 70 sizes with cups from A to H, including exclusive half cup sizes and bands up to 48. You can easily find the perfect one for you by taking Third Love's Fit Finder quiz and you'll be among 12 million women who have found their perfect size to date. 
Their team of expert fit stylists are also dedicated to helping you find the right bra for you and they're available every day via text, chat or phone. In 60 seconds, your order can be placed and it's on its way to your house. With Third Love, the details make the difference from premium fabrics to expert design. They use ultra soft fabrics, lightweight memory foam cups, straps that won't slip and tagless labels to avoid itching to create the most comfortable bra you will ever wear. You have 60 days to wear your bra, wash it and put it to the test. If you don't love it, you can return it and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Try a Third Love today and put your comfort and yourself first. You might even forget you're wearing it. If you don't agree, returns and exchanges are always easy and free. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra out there for everyone. So right now they're offering all my listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heart right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off of your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heart for 15% off today. And I've had so many of these little like moments of synchronicity. One of my favorite, all-time favorite moments, uh, memories that I have with Andrea. I mean, it's it's one of my all-time favorite. It was our last Envision. And of course, I think about that time a lot. I mean, I knew her for so many years, but because it was the last thing we did before she passed. But, and we had like left in the morning. We'd been dancing all night and then slept a few hours. And then we drove to um, our favorite waterfall and spent the day there. And then driving back, singing in the car with the windows down to Shakira off the top of our lungs. Like we, neither of us could sing well. I mean, you know, <laughs> sing very well, but just off the top of our lungs, just singing a Pies Descalzos, like a really old song. And I can remember that. Like I can remember the moment so intensely. Like I can remember the breeze on my fingertips with my hand outside of the car. Like I can remember she had a feather like tied to the rearview mirror, like how it sways. Like I can remember her smile, her hair. Like that moment, I can feel it. I can touch it. It's so intensely real. And of course, every time I drive that stretch, that same stretch of road, like a Shakira song comes on the radio. <laughs> I mean, no joke. Like really, really, really. When we drove into Dominical, when we had driven from the airport, that song came on. You know, and if and those things are all around us, like all of us, all of us. I really believe the people we've lost, they're speaking to us all the time. But we have to listen. Right? And if we close the door on that pain and we decide this is too much, can't take it, and I don't want to feel it, and we look the other way, it's also shutting down our feelings and it's shutting down our ability to, to listen, right? To be really open. So I, I know it's through feeling that pain that we have that portal open so that we can see the signs all the time when they're there. So that when that song comes on the radio, we're not like tuned out looking out the window or scrolling on our phone or whatever, but we're present and we get those goosebumps of like, oh, hey, how are you? You know, here we are. That connection right there. And and then yesterday when I was, when I made the decision to change my flight and then I was driving to pick up Dennis and I was like in the car and sometimes I get upset. I don't know if anyone else has that, but I'll be like, okay, I felt like I felt disconnected from her the past few weeks or I haven't dreamt about her in a long time. And I'm like, oh. and I was in the car driving up and I'm just, sometimes I speak out loud and I'm like, Andrea, 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 and I said her name three times, like, hey, talk to me, you know, and then I went straight to yoga class after I picked Dennis up, and the class starts, and the first thing the teacher says, she's like, close your eyes, and now silently, like, to yourself, call your name three times, call your own name three times, and as I'm calling my own name, like, Rachel, 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 (laughs) 
I mean, it was like she was speaking my name back to me after I spoke her name out loud. It was just so clear. And also for me to to talk to her, I have to just be open in that sense and listen. I never heard a yoga teacher say that in my life. I've taken thousands of yoga classes. Never in my life have I heard a teacher say, you know, speak your name out loud and call in. And, and the whole class was about letting go of what's dead. The whole class was about the new moon, about rebirth, about... It was like this very death-centered class. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, okay, I'm here. Like, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And at the end of the day, it's kind of all we can do. You know, the people that we love, that, we, that we've that we lost, we can just miss them. And just miss them. And just feel them. Think about them and remember them and talk about them oh my god talking about them it can be really really hard but it's so releasing you know like just speaking their name out loud or talking to them you know if it's through writing or through sitting in silence or speaking out loud or asking for help because trusting that the people that we've lost that they've they become these angels that stick around right so that they're there and they watch over us and present all the time through everything that happens and sometimes if you need help you can ask that out loud right there you know the the greater the love the the greater the loss so if you have a big loss that you're sitting with that hurts a lot it means you can also be really 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 grateful that you got to have a love that fucking big that you got to have that person in your life who brought you so much who cracked your heart wide open and who's teaching you things still, you know? Andrea teaches me things still all the time, all the time. I learn new things from her all the time. It never ends. So I didn't mean or didn't plan for this podcast to be <laughs> to be centered around death and grief and for it to be me crying into the microphone, but that's where we are funny how I started off another podcast like an hour ago and I was it was really high energy and then halfway through I was like oh I feel like something else is here <laughs> and this was what that was so I'm really glad I started over and I'm really glad that I that I'm sharing this with you I don't know I feel like grief and and death and pain they are these kind of taboo subjects sometimes we don't talk about it because it's so hard to let ourselves feel those feelings you know like if we say that person's name we're just going to burst into tears and i think the process of that of speaking it enough or writing about it enough or talking to your family about it enough or friends or whatever you know that we're able to actually and in the beginning it's going to be like that it's going to be that raw thing that feels possible to look at and that's what what pain is like and you know especially if, if there's a trauma in there it's we don't take it all in all at once not everything all at once all the pain in one go it's too much too soon you know it's that little touching on it opening the door a little bit feeling it out and then closing it back and then going about your day and then touching on the pain a little bit and then going back and then building our support system and using the tools we have available to us to feel held and safe to actually touch on that pain and before we know it, we can sit with it a little longer, you know, and then we can sit with it a little longer and then we can sit with it a little longer and then it gets really hard again and then we back away and, and that's what this process is. And sometimes we need time of just 
running away a little bit before we can really open that door and, and make space for that healing to come about. I mean, we can go through a whole lifetime of not looking at, at the pain of a loss of a loved one. We can. But trust me when I say that opening that door and letting ourselves sit with that, it's also opening the door to that really deep connection, you know, to, to, to being able to feel them even closer. And of course, to be able to bring about more lightness in our daily lives so that we don't have that overwhelming, heavy pain of that grief just weighing us down forever because it can it really can if you're resonating with the things i've spoken about in this podcast if you're missing someone right now the way i am i so would love to invite you to as soon as this podcast is over to not rush into the next thing to not immediately go about you know the rest of your day or pick up your to-do list or rush into the next moment but when this podcast is over just take a quiet moment to just exactly where you are sit with your eyes closed and remember this person that you miss so much and you can put your hands to your heart and just really channel them through that space you know, really just think about them, hold them in your heart, see them in your mind's eye. Remember their beauty, their love, the love you share, the love you still share. And without feeling like you have to shut down or close off, just give yourself that bit of space to, to feel that pain that's there. To cry if you're sad, to miss them. And know that they're present with you right here in this space beneath your hands right now. And you can sit down and talk to them whenever, whenever you need it. So thank you for listening. <sighs> thank you for holding the space. I'll um, probably have, a <laughs> have another intense podcast waiting next week. <laughs> But let's see, let's see where this week takes us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I love you. And I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and for holding this beautiful space for me to share as well. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Audible, Bob's Red Mill, and Third Love. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.